When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. Mo and I got up early. Well, I got up early and woke Mo up to go on a walk. She had her nose tucked in her beanbag bed and the rest of her snuggled under her blanket. Snuffling, she looked up at me and placed her head back down as I got dressed. And only when I went into the kitchen did she get up and reluctantly trot after me. When she saw the camera bag, her tail began wagging and she ran about, excited to go. It was dawn. The sunlight barely creeping into the world as the car bounced down the dirt road, but it was warm, and by that I mean it was slightly above freezing. Arriving, we watched a mist start to rise off the snow. Mo was off and into the woods, sniffing and stopping, running, sniffing and stopping, and I followed behind. After all the odd weather we have had, there was a fair bit of snow on the ground, in the trees, but along the paths where the sun came through, a lot of it had melted. Walking through the woods, I realised that the freeze the last few nights had turned much of the path and the area around the path into ice. Some ice was white and solid and you could not see through it, but in other places where it had melted more recently and then frozen, it had frozen clear, so it looked like glass covering the ground below the rocks and stones dark and shining beneath the ice although it seemed no problem for my dog Mo she ran along and slid to a stop to sniff something she seemed to know what was path and what was stream and she kept away from the ice on the edge of Great Brook which is good because I didn't want her falling through it and me having to jump in after her as it warmed a little bit more and brightened the mist grew thicker and the ice became more slick and harder to walk on So I stopped, sat on a rock, to put spikes on my boots so I wouldn't slip and fall. Mo was off in the trees, behind me somewhere, when a laugh rang out through the woods. Today our first storyteller is my friend Jenny Cargill-Strong from Australia. I bet by now if you've been listening to this show for a while she's one of your friends too. Jenny and I have never met but we became virtual friends through this podcast and through emails. She's been wonderful to work with, and she's a great storyteller. Today, she's telling the story, The Luckless One. Now, I wonder if it's the same or a similar version of a story that I tell. Hmm. Please give a welcome to Jenny Cargill-Strong. The Luckless One. In Ireland, there was once a village 
where everyone lived happily and in contentment. Everyone, except one man. And for him, nothing ever seemed to go right. So much so that the people in the village came to call him the luckless one. For when it was winter, he complained that it was too cold. When it was summer, he complained that the sun was too hot. When he had a girlfriend, he complained that she wasn't good enough for him. And when he didn't have a girlfriend, he complained of his loneliness. When he had work to do, he complained that it was too heavy on him. And when he didn't have work to do, he complained of not having any money. No matter what happened, nothing ever seemed to turn out right for this fellow. Yet he watched his neighbour's happiness and he was very puzzled. Years went on like this and at last it occurred to him to ask the wise woman of the village why he was always the luckless one. She said, Ah, well, I can't answer that for you, but you know the old man, the one who lives at the end of the world, he has an answer for all questions. Just follow that river there, westward. Just keep going, and you'll find him, I'm sure. He'll give you the answer you need. Well, the man walked home with springs in his heels because he had hope in his heart for the first time in years. The next morning, he set off westward along the river. He walked and he walked for a day, a week, a month and a year until he came to a forest where a wolf sat in front of him on the path looking at him squarely in the eyes. A very hungry-looking wolf. It snarled. Human, where are you going? The man said, Well, I am going to visit the old man who lives at the end of the world because he knows the answer to all questions and I have a very important question to ask him. Ah, good. Then you can ask the old man a question for me. Ask him, why am I so hungry and what can I do about it? Yes, that's not a problem, said the man. I'll ask him for you. He kept on walking for a day, a week, a month and a year until he came to the most magnificent ancient forest, all of the trees grew tall, true and strong, their great roots reaching deep down into the earth. All of them were exceptionally beautiful trees. All of them except one. One was stunted, gnarled, twisted and bare of leaves. The man felt some affinity for this tree, so he sat down under it to have a rest. As he sat there, the tree spoke to him and it said, Human, where are you going? The man said, Ah, well, I am going to visit the old man who lives at the end of the world because he knows the answer to all questions and I have a very important question to ask him. 
Oh, wonderful. Then perhaps you could be so kind as to ask him a question for me. I have pondered for many hundreds of years. Why is it that all my brothers and sisters in the forest grow so strong and true? And yet here am I, so gnarled and twisted. Please ask him, why am I so stunted and what can I do about it? Certainly, said the man, that's not a problem. He kept on walking for a day, a week, a month and a year until he came to a cottage. Such an inviting cottage, surrounded by a beautifully kept garden with flowers and vegetables. Rising up from the chimney was a cosy-looking curl of smoke. From the windows emanated the delightful scents of good cooking. He knocked on the door and was greeted by a beautiful woman of his age who welcomed him warmly and invited him to spend the night. She fed him his favourite meal and chatted so happily to him. Not too much talk, not too little talk. It was cosy, it was amiable. As he listened to her, he thought to himself, perhaps she was the ideal woman for him. Then she made up the spare bed for him, which didn't have any hint of must like his own bed at home. It had crisp, clean sheets that smelt of lavender and cosy, soft blankets. That night he slept more soundly than he had in years. In the morning she made him creamy sweet porridge and when she found out where he was headed, she said, Really? How fascinating. Well, perhaps you could ask him a question for me. Could you ask him, Why am I so lonely and what should I do about it? Certainly, said the man. That's not a problem. I shall ask him for you as soon as I see him. So he waved goodbye and thanked her for her hospitality. He walked and he walked for a day, a week and a month until he found himself before the man at the end of the world. He asked the old man his question, those of the woman, the tree and the wolf. The old man gave answers to all of them. Only one answer perplexed the man. Excitedly, he set off homewards with wings on his heels. He walked and he walked for a day, a week and a month until he was back at the cottage. Again, the woman welcomed him in, fed him wonderful food. They laughed together all through dinner. He slept soundly and over a delicious breakfast, she asked, Did you ask him? Did you ask him my question? Oh, yes, yes, he said that you should marry the next man who comes to your house and then you will never be lonely again. She said, Oh, that's fantastic news. For you are the next man who has come to my house and you and I get on extremely well. Would you marry me? Ah, well, mm, that, that is a very interesting idea. Oh, very appealing. But I'm afraid the old man said to me, that I would find my good fortune on the journey. So I'm afraid I can't waste any more time here. But good luck. I'm sure another good man will come here soon. Goodbye. And off he set. He walked and he walked 
for a day, a week, a month and a year, until he came to that magnificent forest and the gnarled old tree. It asked him, Human, did you ask the old man that question for me? Yes, I did. The old man said, The reason you are so stunted is because your roots are blocked by a great chest filled to the brim with gold coins. If someone could dig up that treasure, then your roots could reach fresh water and you would grow as strong and true as all your brothers and sisters in the forest. Oh, oh, that is wonderful news because just over there, sir, is a spade. If you would dig up that treasure, you could have all the gold. I am a tree. What would I do with such fortune? But I would be so grateful to you, for then I could at last grow straight and true. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't possibly stay long enough to dig that up for you. Because you see, to me, the old man said, I would find my fortune on the journey. Oh, but good luck. I'm sure someone else will come along soon. He walked for a day, a week, a month and a year until he came again to the forest where that hungry wolf lived. <laughs> the wolf sniffed him out and appeared suddenly, looking hungrier than ever, almost making the man jump out of his skin. Oh, there you are, the wolf asked. Did you ask my question, human? Uh, yes, I did. But I have to say, of all the answers the old man gave, this one is the most perplexing. As I've walked, I have tried to figure it out, but I don't understand it. But it might make more sense to you. He said, your dinner is before you. Isn't that queer? Oh, well, the wolf didn't find it a queer answer at all. He didn't hesitate. He ate and he ate until there was nothing left of the luckless one and the wolf licked his lips, well contented. This week's fairy tale sponsor comes from Jack Frost's Frozen Delights. Need a nice pop, ice cream, or gelato? Even an Alaskan. Jack brings the freshest of ingredients from the land, all organic, all fresh, and all year round. Some surprising flavors such as gooseberry, nettle, and birch bark, to favorites such as strawberry and blueberry. And if you like other flavors such as moose droppings and bear tracks, Jack and his team have you covered. Visit Jack Frost's Frozen Delights and get the goods while they are still frozen. Now that's what I call fresh. We have two new patrons. Please welcome Kelly Fairchild and Arrow Waring. Thank you both. I love that name, Arrow. It's very cool. 
Thank you to Kelly Fairchild and Arrow Waring for becoming patrons. I asked Mo what kind of special fairy tale talent that you should get. She barked at me, and I think she meant that you both have the ability to reach your goals easily, whatever they are, and you can walk on ice without slipping too badly. I hope she's right. Leaning over as I was, pulling the spikes onto my boots, the laughter had a twinkle to it, if you can imagine that. And it was getting closer. I stared between the trees, trying to see who was coming down the path, but there was no one there. Yet I could hear the laughter, and it was getting closer. I moved around and stepped off the path to one side to get a better view of the path ahead as it twisted through the trees. It was then that I noticed it. A sprite of some kind. A type of fairy. Maybe it was even Jack Frost, but I couldn't tell. The silver-grey jacket flapped at the sides, almost like a short dress. Thin legs and pointed shoes moved beneath. There were no skates. The arms, long and slender, moving up and down. The narrow face and generous smile, sparkling eyes and long hair. The creature was barely two feet tall. No wonder I hadn't seen them. They blended into the white of our surroundings and were only a little taller than Mo. I stepped behind a tree, watching, hidden. The laughter that this sprite gave off was infectious, and I found myself smiling and wanting to laugh out loud myself. The sprite skated past me and along the icy path. I kept tucked away, thinking I was well hidden, but the skater spun around and looked me in the eye and pointed, laughing, calling out, I see you, but no one will believe you. And they cut down around a bend and leapt onto the ice of the stream and vanished into the mist. Mo came up behind me, barking, but stayed at my side. I petted her and calmed her down. You believe me, don't you? Our next guest is Priscilla Howe. Now, here's some interesting news about Priscilla. Both she and I will be performing at the Kearney Storytelling Festival in Kearney, Nebraska, on Saturday, February the 11th, 2023, which is coming right up. Priscilla works with a wide range of stories, from tales with puppets, folk stories, personal stories, to the great epics like Tristan and Isolde. Anyway, Priscilla is here to tell us a story, and I bet you'll love it. At least I hope you do. I'm a fan of Priscilla's work and cannot wait to hear her tell the story of what I think is a Welsh tale. The man who put the front door on the back. Hi everybody, it's Priscilla with another bedtime story. I want to tell you the Welsh story of the man who put the back door on the front. There was a couple who lived in a little house And every night, and every night, of course, they would cook their dinner. They would peel the potatoes, peel, peel, peel. They would scrape the carrots, scrape, scrape, scrape. They would chop the veggies, chop, chop, chop. And they would cook whatever they were cooking. And after supper, they would do the dishes, and they would take the dishpan with the dishwater, and with all of the peelings and scrapings and choppings, and maybe a chicken bone or a lamb bone or something of the like, and they would take it out to the back of their property. They'd take it right out the back door to a low wall, and they would pour that whole bucket of slop 
right over the wall. Ker-splash! Nobody lived next door, so it wasn't a problem. One night, as always, after they finished doing the dishes, the man picked up the bucket, and he took it out to that low wall, and ker-splash! Poured it right over. But this night, he heard a strange sound. He heard, Eeeh! He looked around. He didn't see anyone. So he went back in the house. The next night, the woman took the dishwater and the peelings and the choppings and the scrapings out, and she poured it over the wall. Ker-splash! And she heard, Ick! She looked around. She didn't see anyone. So she went back in the house. The next night, it was the man's turn. He took that dishwater with all of the peelings and scrapings and choppings and maybe a chicken bone or two out to that back wall and he tipped it right over ker-splash. And this time he heard, We wish you'd stop doing that. He looked over the wall and there was a little man. And there was a potato peel on the little man's hat. And there was a carrot scraping hanging from the little man's pocket. And the little man's feet were all wet and there was a chicken bone right by them. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The little man said, sorry, are you? Twenty years you've done this every night. You pour water right down our chimney and we get potato peels on our roof and we the water runs out the front door. It's terrible. My wife and I do not like it. The man looked down. He didn't see a house. So the little man said, Come over the wall and step on my foot and you shall see. So... The man went over the wall, and very gently he stepped on the little man's foot, and he saw a house, and indeed there were potato peelings on the roof, and there was water flowing out the front door, greasy dishwater, and there was the little man's wife just shaking her fist so angry. The man took his foot off the little man's foot, and he no longer saw the house. He said, I'm terribly sorry. My wife and I didn't know you were here. We know that, and now I'm telling you, so perhaps you could put your slop somewhere else. Perhaps we could. I'll go and discuss it with my wife. And he went in the house, and he told his wife, and they sat and they talked. And finally the man's wife said, I have an idea. We always take that dishwater out the back door. Why don't you make the back door into the front door and the front door into the back door? We can just as easily take it out that door. And that is exactly what they did. They made the back door into the front door and the front door into the back door. The man made a very nice path all the way to what was now the front door. And every day when they went out the front door, they found a coin. It must have been thanks from the little people who lived below the wall. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Thank you everyone for listening to Story Story Podcast. Show the love and find the work of our storytellers online and tell them you heard them on this podcast. Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful storytellers out there. 
Go and find out who your favourite storyteller is from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me at Simon M. Brooks on Instagram. Also check out hashtag In the Woods with Mo. And on Facebook and my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me, the English fella and storyteller. Please let us know a favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The music is from Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Thank you.